Hey there, this is Jason and Paul, and we encourage you to follow us on Instagram at stateofloveandtrust underscore pod, where we can continue the conversation with you. Thanks for listening. And now, let's get to the show. Welcome back to another episode of the State of Love and Trust, a Pearl Jam podcast. I'm one of your two hosts, Jason Carapesi, alongside, as always, Paul Gilliari. Paul, we are in part two of our tribute band series. How are we feeling? Feeling good, my friend. Feeling. I good. feel good. Yeah. The, uh, the first episode, we were talking about uh, what tribute bands mean to us, mm-hmm. um, what makes them different from from cover bands, you know, what you have to do in our eyes to be a good tribute band. Obviously we've chosen these five tribute bands because we think they are good. And our first band that we're going to do hails from Rio de Janeiro. What band is that? That would be Black Circle. The Mighty Black Circle. Many of you know these guys. Um, They kind of, to a lot of us, came out of nowhere. Yeah, the beginning of 2020, and for many of us, one of the bright spots of 2020. Yes. Uh, carrying us through with their many live streams, with their 24-hour turnarounds of Dance of the Clairvoyance and all things like that uh, have caught the attention of uh, the the, uh, the vetters, and um, they've gotten pretty big. They've gotten pretty they big. Have, I mean, imagine what that must be like to be in a tribute band, to pay tribute to a band and then have that band notice you and reach out to you. It's, it's a, it, it's a great story. So I hope uh, those, those listening at home are going to enjoy it. It's coming up here shortly, but first we need to remind those folks to rate review, subscribe. That is right. Those are your marching orders. Kids get on the train. Subscriptions are huge. Uh, follow us on our socials as well. Uh, Instagram is the big one, State of Love and Trust underscore pod. We are on Facebook as well with the same name. Uh, follow us there. Let's have a chat. Let's have a talk about our favorite band. Uh, some really good info, some really interesting nuggets um, in this interview with these guys. And they've got a brand new album coming out, their first original album called Mercury, coming out next Monday, October 5th. Uh, you can, If you're in North America, you can buy this album on vinyl. Uh, at lenoise.ca, L-E-N-O-I-S-E dot C-A, uh, and all the usual streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, the whole nine, will have the album digitally. And oh, by the way, we are going to have an extra episode with these guys very soon to talk about that particular record. But first, Paul, let's listen to Black Circle. All right, everybody. So we're here with uh, very special guests, as far as I'm concerned. Black Circle, tribute band for Pearl Jam, and original band out of Brazil. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, guys. How's it going? Hey, How you doing? Hey, How you guys? Doing, so let's go around the room here, as it were. We're on Zoom, so we can see each other, but you, everyone's just hearing voices. So we have to get uh, names to voices. So why don't you go around the room there and, and say what you play? All right. Uh, I'll go first. I'm, I'm Lenny. I'm lead singer and uh, play guitar from time to time. Yeah, I'm Sergio Filho, the, one of the guitar players. My name is Luis Caetano. I play guitar as well. Mm, this is Nick. I'm the drummer and backing vocals as well. I'm Gabriel Z, the best player and backing vocals as well. I love that with your accent, Gabriel, it sounded like you were the best player and not yeah, just the yeah. bass player. <laughs> I'm sure when they, when they cover sirens, your voice stands out the most in those backing vocals. <laughs> Sometimes so, he's the best player. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Depends on the day, depends on who's had a couple of uh, too, much, too many drinks. Yeah. So where in, where in Brazil are you guys? Uh, we're all we're all from Rio, but um, well, I'm I'm in Tijuca. Uh, Sergio, I guess, is in Tijuca too. Uh, and Luis, it's a it's a neighborhood in Rio, close to close to downtown. 
Uh, close to the maybe, stadium, the Maracanã <clears throat> Stadium. Yeah, close to, to the Maracanã. soccer stadium. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, Nick is in Barra da Tijuca. He believes so. And uh, <laughs> this is like inside joke. <laughs> inside joke. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but uh, he's, in, he's in Barra da Tijuca. I, I mean, closer to the beaches and stuff. And uh, Gabriel, uh, Copacabana, right? <clears throat> really? Yeah, so, right next to the beach. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so let's get to the the heat of the meat here. The real, like, the big question is how did you guys fall in love with Pearl Jam? What are your stories? Mm, may I may I start that? Hey, take the cake, Nick. It's all you. Okay. Uh, well, I started listening to Pearl Jam when I was 13, and uh, I had um, a brother in law who liked a lot rock and roll. Actually, my father uh, also liked rock and roll. And because of him, I've been listening to rock and roll since I was uh, just a little kid. But when I was 13, my brother-in-law, he he uh, recorded a CD for me. By that time, we didn't have an MP3 or anything like that or any streams and uh and that's that that was the best way to to listen to old and new music and he recorded a lot of uh, uh rock songs and two of them were alive and even flow and that was the first time i listened to to pearl jam actually knowing that it was pearl jam of course in brazil we had the chance to listen to last keys and something like that uh playing on the radio but I, I never knew it was Pearl Jam. Hmm. So it's interesting you bring that up, Nick, because the two songs you referenced are very guitar-driven. And so I'm curious, given your love of the band and the fact that you play drums in Black Circle, we just had an episode where we talked about our favorite drummer throughout Pearl Jam's history. Is there a drummer that you particularly are fond of or there's a drummer that you like to emulate in terms of style? I You're really like. I think you know. Yeah, I, re- I, I love this question. I love this question. I love this question uh, not because I like all the all the the parts of Pearl Jam drumming history, but it's a uh, Pearl Jam. It's a, it's a band, and in which we actually talk about drummers. It's not like uh, other bands that the drummer is not so important to the to the band itself. So, and uh, well, throughout the history of Pearl Jam, I, I think. I'd like to mix between Dave Yabrzees and uh, Matt Cameron the style. I like uh, Matt Cameron's consistency on playing. He's very strong and uh, he plays very hard and I think it's very good. And uh, as well as his groove. But the same thing I see on Yabrzees' work. So, well, for me, the, the, the best the best thing for me to play Pearl Jam is to try to mix his... Uh, there are two styles and well i i think i, I try it somehow you do a great job i was going to ask if you found it challenging to to alternate between the different styles especially if you guys cover songs off no code yeah where you have jack irons bringing in more of these eclectic world beats which probably is right in your wheelhouse given where you guys are at you know especially uh gabriel down by the beach i'm sure it's just right yeah, it's a, it's a, actually to play uh, Jack Aaron's songs, or it's uh, uh, I believe it's very funny because um, his style is so much different from Matt Cameron and Dave Abrazis, the, the the guy before and the guy after. And uh, what I like most about him is, is about his sound, the the way he sounded play Pearl Jam. I think it's very good. It's very unique. You can you cannot listen to something like that on any other. Uh, drummers and that you can include Dave Cruzen or Matt Chamberlain uh, anyone else so I think he's very unique and uh, when I play his songs I try to emulate somehow his style and uh, not not playing like Matt Cameron Matt Cameron version of uh, J.K. Irons I try to to be more on his side to to respect Uh his 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 work his uh, legacy well that that's the mark of a true tribute band because you are literally paying tribute to each flavor of drumming it sounds like so you, when you guys play in my tree for example you're, you're trying to do exactly what jack might do right yeah actually we do not we do not play in my tree but uh, you should play in your in my tree 
Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. <laughs> but, <laughs> Does anybody disagree with that? <laughs> yeah, I agree. But uh, just just for just for an example, uh, when we play <laughs> wish list or given a fly, given to fly, I think it's a it's a most uh, it's a, the more remarkable example of that because Matt Cameron's style it's it's very in there. He's harding, uh, so he's hitting hard at the drums and he's playing, but he's playing on his own way. Not it's not like Jack Irons who play a little more sloppy or something like that. So I I like when I when I listen to Given a Fly, I really like Jack Irons version most uh, better than than Matt Cameron. Hmm. So well, it's it's more like the the groove, the style. I prefer. Let's go over to Sergio. When did you get into the band? How did you get into them? Uh, into Pearl Jam or into Black Circle? Pearl Jam. Okay. Uh, I listened to Pearl Jam since I, I was a teenager. Uh, like Nick, my father uh, likes all the classic rock bands from 60s and 70s uh, and the 80s too. Uh, but the 90s, um, he didn't uh, know much the, the bands of the 90s because uh, he was being a father at that time. So, mm. <laughs> so he he missed uh, Nirvana and Progen and Seattle bands uh, that I discovered, and then I presented to him uh, maybe ten years later. So you almost discovered it, not simultaneously, but close to, right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, he he liked Progen uh, because of me because I I no I kidding. <laughs> yeah, I discovered the band, uh, seen MTV videos, uh, and and I listened to Even Flow on the radio, uh, and I was trying to discover which band plays that nice song. So it was that way. Luis, how about you? From one guitar to the next. I remember, I remember knowing about Pure Jam, getting to know Pure Jam. Um, only like years later, because I would I would listen to, to the band and have it on the back of my mind, because they would always have something in on the radio, and other bands would come and go, but somehow only a few bands would be would be still there throughout the years, and there there were there were there were many I would say with, along with Pearl Jam there were like there was Nirvana and Metallica and Red Hot Chili Peppers and. Uh, I remember the first song I ever played to an audience was "I Am Mine." No it was to, to an English to, to an English class. So uh, oh. yeah, it kind of became a a good connection. So it went from there. It was something that was always culturally present, but uh, I wasn't aware of the band until up until I was like sixteen or seventeen years old. And then he went from there. Wow. Gabriel? Yeah, and I've been much of a mainstream guy and never listening to the big bands and stuff. I, I was always around on the underground with a crazy thinking like, uh, why would I listen to the original bands if I can reach the, the ones that are inspired by it? So I will reach out to the kind of the music by another band <laughs> but mm -hmm. anyways and i i didn't go profound i would say in virgin as a whole like to like seven years ago and was uh by nicks and sergio's cause as well when they called me to the band so it's it's kind of a it's, it's kind of like Matt Cameron where they the said, we, we need you to drum for us, so learn all of our songs in like three <laughs> yeah, weeks. Yeah, that, that was pretty muddy. That's a <laughs> that was pretty muddy. Yeah, I, I had to learn like 30, 30 songs in a week or so. Just like That's that. That's impressive. Lenny? Well, um, even though I'm older than anyone in the band, I think I'm at least nine years older than the, the second oldest. Uh, it didn't start for me in 1991 or 1992. Uh, I, I knew about Pearl Jam when I was, uh, I guess, 17. I was listening to Counting Crows a lot at the time and um, The Offspring. I was a big fan of The, op the Offspring. 
and that then Smash album was great. Yeah, that, that was. I, I know that intro by heart. You know those words. He <laughs> says, "That's amazing. That's seriously amazing." And uh, it's um, time to relax. That's it. <laughs> you know what that means. <laughs> and then, and then uh, I, I went to a party, and uh, there was this tribute band. Uh, you know these these bands that play. Uh, the guys play many many bands. They play tri- they pay tribute to many bands. So uh, there there wasn't such such a thing that didn't exist at the time. Uh, a tribute band to a specific band that didn't exist here back then. And then they were playing this song that I, that I really liked. And uh, I asked somebody next to me what song that was. And the guy said, no, that, that's called Alive. And then I said, wow, cool. I, I, I like it. And then there was this friend of mine who was this reference, you know, the guy, the, your go-to guy, if you want to know about new bands. And it wasn't a new band, but it was for me. So he had this uh, cassette tape. And then he, he said, just, just listen to it. And thank you. Was me, it Mama Son? It wasn't. <laughs> Could have been, right? And then, and then I never gave the tape back. <laughs> so it, it became it became my tape, and uh, I fell in love with Pearl Jam from there. That's awesome. So you mentioned you're a few years older than the rest of the guys. So how did you guys come together? And is everybody well? You know, Paul and I are, are approaching forty here. So I know we're, you talked about you know being a fan of spring or, chickens, Jason. Spring we're chickens. Spring I chickens. feel young, but. You know, we, we both, Paul and I, got into the band around 92-ish um, when Even Flow and Alive and Black were really hitting the airwaves. Jeremy um, was the song that really sparked it for me hearing on the radio. So how did you guys kind of find yourselves together to create this band? Well, they, they, already, had a, they already had a band before, before they invited me to, you know, to sing with them. Uh, it was a Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam tribute band. Uh, different name, different story, and three of them. It was Sergio, Gabriel, and Nick. They played with uh, other two guys, and then, uh, well, the band ended, and they wanted to go on with the project. They didn't want to stop playing Pearl Jam, so they found me on YouTube, an old <laughs> video of me singing with another band, and they contacted me. Lucky that I, I lived in Rio, and uh, we could, you know, try and so they, they called me for what do you call it? trial tryout. Mm-hmm. And uh, and audition. you know an audition. That's it. Go. And then th- that was it. That was back in 2016. That's how yeah. it happened. And then we started with a different formation. There was another guitar player, uh, and then he left the band uh, soon after we started. A few months mm-hmm. after, and then Luis took over, and the band is the is what it is today. We're very happy to have him in the band. For yeah, sure. the. the um, the guitar um, symbiosis between um, he and Sergio is really, really cool. And it, it reminds me of Mike and Stone in a lot of ways. Is that intentional? Do you guys try to work on that, sim- that uh, chemistry? Uh, the chemistry, it's a natural thing, I believe. It's, it's spontaneous. Uh, but we're not trying to mimic uh, Stone and Mike because uh, Mike plays uh, the, most, the, the, uh, the most solos. Um, and we're trying to, we, we both like to solo. <laughs> so, so we try to be more, uh, even, I mean, uh, yeah. Right. Luis, what do you uh, think? Try yeah, to, try to be more balanced, right? It's just, how, just how Sergio, uh, just said, uh, we try to balance things out. And, uh, of course we talk a lot about tone and we talk a, a lot about, uh, versions of the same song, different ways to play one riff or or one specific part. But uh, I think a lot of that isn't on a how how do I I say it? It's unspoken. We just feel it. I know it sounds it sounds kind of corny, and I'm it sounds like I'm putting putting in, into simple words, but it's it's really like that in my opinion. Uh, we talk about it like before, but when it's when it's gone, when we count to four, it's 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 unspoken. It's it's a mind mind game, I think. You know. Yeah, oh, that makes total sense. And you see that when the band plays live too. There's these kind of symbiotic moments where they they just seem to all be in in a shared zone together. You know. I'm curious. Have have you guys all seen the band live? Yeah. 
Did, did you guys go together or have you seen them separately? We did it once at the last tour, uh, 2018 at Maracanan. Uh, I believe only Gabriel was in another uh, another place of the stadium, but uh, we're we're uh, all four. We were together uh, before before 2018. I believe the last tour was in 2015, and we were not together at that time. Had you guys individually seen them before, or no? Yeah. Yeah, I saw them in 2000. Yeah. 2015 at Apoteose, uh, 15 or 13, right? No, 11. What am I saying? 2011, yeah, 2011, right? 11, 2011 uh, at and uh, it was my first. Uh, I've been to two shows only. They've been here, what, five times maybe, four times? In Rio, a lot right? in the last decade or so, right? Yeah, they, mm-hmm. the 2011 was their first. No, 2005, Sergio, correct? Yeah, they, they've, yeah. Been, they've been here 2005, 11. 11. 13, 15 and 18. 15 and 18. Yeah, yeah. right. So Rio would have been in December of 05. Yeah. I've seen them in 2013 at Lollapalooza in Sao Paulo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm oh, looking okay. at the concert chronology now. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Brasilia, Belo Horizonte. Yep, yep, cool. Um, okay, so... so you, you, you Go ahead, Jason. Oh, no, you go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you, you guys, have, you, you talked about that synergy of, of playing together. You talked about seeing them live. So I'm curious, having seen them live and obviously playing their songs live, do you, do you guys have like a favorite song that you, you really want to make sure is on the set list every night? Is there, is there a song that each of you loves to play? I'm going to take that one. <laughs> <laughs> you have to sing it, so... Yeah, Actually, hold on. Before you, before you answer that question, I need to know, A, have you guys ever played Mankind or Don't Give Me No Lip? And, and B, who is the stone singing that? <laughs> well, we haven't, we haven't played Mankind or give me the, Don't Give Me No Lip, but it would be Nick for sure. If, <laughs> if, we, if we needed a stone... Oh, the drummer. Someone to sing songs part. Yeah. Okay. The guy, guy is a really good singer, man. Uh, and um, <laughs> no, we, we haven't. But I think... May I? We might, Nick. I don't know. We might have done something with mankind. Maybe a cappella, and then you joined in. I don't. I don't remember. Uh, uh, I don't think yeah. so. Because yeah, I, so. I, I actually I don't know the lyrics of for this song. So that, so <laughs> neither the stone. Uh, <laughs> I, I believe I, I believe you played Lenny uh, on on a solo live live stream. Yeah, probably that was it. That was it. Um, but no, as a band, not yet. And right now we have so many songs that we want to learn and that we need to learn, you know, from Gigaton, but we can't because of quarantine and you know. Mm. But um, the original question. Oh, okay. The uh, the favorite. I guess I can I can speak for everybody. Not Sergio because he really likes sirens, but uh, we. <laughs> Another we, joke. <laughs> we like. I think we like playing the B sides. You know, songs that we can't play when we go to the pubs, and because you know, people usually like to hear the uh, the hits, right? And yeah. uh, if you're playing a pub, you gotta play. You know, those uh, fifteen to eighteen songs that everybody knows, uh, less Kiss included. And uh, but. When we get to play the B-sides, I think it makes everything more interesting for us because it's not the songs that we play all the time. It's different songs and songs from Vitalogy, I guess. If you guys, let's go around the room here. If you guys had to choose your, your favorite song to play, not necessarily your favorite Pearl Jam song, but your favorite song to play, what would it be? Let's start with Lenny. It doesn't have to be Pearl Jam? No, Pearl Jam song. Oh, Pearl Jam song. Um Ah, that's that's a tough question, man. I would say, I, I really like in hiding, so it's uh, one that. Uh, can you hit those notes? That's a hard one to say. I I can, but it depends on the show. It depends on where it's positioned in the set list. Mm. If it's like a, at the end of the show, and it's it's a little harder. But if it's at you know in the middle, so it depends on which song comes, which song comes before mm. that one. So Blood. it's. Do blood yeah. before that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's do it like that. We'll do blood, leech, and uh, <laughs> Ravio Mira. Ravio Mira, the, the one that I always try to stay away from. And then you <laughs> get in hiding in black, back to back, and Lenny. That's, that's it. That's it. Just that's blow it. out your vocal cords and <laughs> five songs in, yeah. And basically, that's it. I, if I could, I would play. I would play in hiding in every show. Nick, man, uh, well, 
I, I really like the, the songs we play. I, I like Dissident, but the, I think that the, the, the song that we would play every show would be Red. I really like Ooh. that groove, man. That that mm -hmm. that song's the one of the best of Pearl Jam's in, when it comes to to drum, and uh, well, rats for me every every day. <laughs> Gabriel. Cool. Yeah, I'm still thinking. I'm not sure that stuff. Um, we'll come back to you. We can pass the baton. It's fine. All right. Yeah. Oh, We're gonna thank you. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I have a. Um, I, I believe Nothing Man would be a song I would like to play every show. Uh, I wish they would play that song every show. <laughs> yeah. You never hear that one. It's it's so rarely played. I wish it was played more often, too. <laughs> <laughs> Lenny's holding up a siren sign. I'm guessing that you don't care for that song, Sergio? No, no, no. I, I, I really like Sirens. Uh, I, I believe Sirens is the new black. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but... Uh, but I believe it would be nothing, man. Uh, and Dance of the Clairvoyance, Clairvoyance, but in fact, we're already playing Dance of the Clairvoyance every show. I want to come back to that song in a minute, but before I do, let's get Lu Luis's answer. Yeah, uh, Breath is pretty fun. Breath, yes. Yeah. Did you say Breath and or Black? Uh, thin Air. Breath. Oh, I love, dude, it's one of my favorite songs. B R E A. <laughs> yeah, breath, breath yeah. and thin air. That, that that's that's a nice pairing, actually. Uh, right? Yeah, it is. That's pretty cool. Gabriel, what do you think? Has, has this has this marinated long enough? Yeah, I guess so. You can, <laughs> I'll, I'll go more. I'll go more on the classics, but I'm still not sure if it's Porch, even Flo, or <laughs> Jeremy, or Go. It's one of them. Well, it's got to be Jeremy for you, or go. But yeah. I mean, that, the, the baseline there in Jeremy is... It's, yeah, it's I think I'll go on Jeremy, not just yeah. for us playing, but the, the whole stadium going. We never play on, on a big stadium, but you anyways, will. the whole yeah, the whole crown going with us, that's just really awesome. Gabriel, we have to crowdfund a way for you to get a 12-string bass. Yeah, yeah. You can really play <laughs> that line, maybe. Please do it yeah. because it's very, very, very expensive here in Brazil. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Can I, get you I, I a tried to make list? my way here, but yeah. and, and there's I no make my way here, but it's kind of hard. There's no brands uh, wanting to endorse us, so if you claim for that, it would be fun. <laughs> we gotta get on that. Hey, yeah. Tell tell somebody in Fender to endorse me. Please. Hey, Fender yeah, Fender is in um, Corona, California, which is about forty five minutes from where we live. So. Maybe when I'm allowed to go in a public building, <laughs> I will go down there and be like, here's these guys. They're really good. You should give them some instruments. Uh, so I want to talk about Dance of the Clairvoyance because that it wasn't the first um, it wasn't the first time I had heard of you guys. The first time I heard of you guys was your cover of Black, your music video for Black. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah, J Jason shared that with me. It just blew my mind. It might have been just a it's year just ago. A but it was incredible. Well, it was just a killer. Yeah, it was absolutely outstanding. So now you're on my radar, and I'm like, okay, what are these guys doing? I'm searching out all your videos. And then when we finally get dance in January, and I, I, Paul and I have kind of disagreed in our original uh, takes of this song. And for me, at the beginning, I was not much of a fan because it was – I'm not a 80s new wave electronica kind of guy. So I was not really into it. I've had to grow with the song. Within 24 hours, which is astonishing to me, you come up with the cut with the cover. You figure it out and you play it and you record it. And it's up on YouTube. And I was like, I, I sent it to Paul. I go, this is how the song should sound. Because it sounded more like a rock song to me. And I go, this is fucking great. So how did you guys? They're also playing it live. I understand that, but it, it's still, they're still micing it up and it sounds like it's, you know, a band performance in a studio. There's no, there's no crowd to feed off of or anything like that. For so, sure. so how did you guys learn that so quickly? And were you surprised at the reception of it? Well, um, it was, uh, we, we've been waiting for, you know, like everybody else, we were waiting for the song, right? That there were teasers and everything. So we knew when the song was going to be released. So we had this idea of, you know, we gotta 
we got to do something different. We got to we got to try and learn the new song as fast as we can. Right. And see what happens. I'm not going to tell you that it was all luck. We wanted to we wanted to to do something before the other tribute bands did. And we didn't know if we would, if we could do that, because we didn't know how hard the song was going to be or what kind of right. song it was going to be. But, you know, it's all it's our passion, but it's also our job. Right. So we wanted to uh, we wanted to put out something fast and something good. Um, and when the song came out and then the lyrics were really long mm -hmm. and I got terrified, I got terrified. I said, Oh my God, I have, I have until tomorrow to learn this because the next day would be a day that we usually went to studio because we went on every Wednesday and, uh, it would be our studio day. So we, we would be able to record it the next day. Tuesday. <clears throat> it was Tuesday, right? So, um, I think everything just conspired for it to happen, but I guess all of us really knew that we, we needed to give our best and to, to learn the song fast. Uh, I don't know about the guys. It seems, it seems like it's a, it's a tough song to learn. Uh, I mean, the instruments and everything. Uh, Gabriel but, got off easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we knew that we knew that we had to, we had to put out something good and, uh, and new fresh for, for the people who knew us and for the people who didn't know us. And uh, that's what happened. We learned well, the song. We went to the studio, and uh, it just happened. It took us like what four? We played the song for three times, three or four times. Yeah. Well, well. <clears> speaking, <throat> Lenny, of the people who know you, um, it appears that the band knows you now. Yeah. <laughs> so, w yeah. would you like to share a little how bit about happen? that? How did this happen? Yeah. How did this happen? This 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 is a cool story. Well, we. Uh, uh, I sent uh, the, the, the first thing that happened was Mike tweeting our video of clairvoyance uh, in uh, I think it was the, the, the day after right the day after release or two days after uh, saying it was impressive so we were like we were shocked Mike watched the video yeah. and, then, <laughs> and then I felt like okay I'm gonna send El Eddie a message but that, that's impossible so I said I'm, I'm gonna try Jill maybe maybe she'll maybe she, she knows maybe she'll you know, answer. Then I sent her a message, link and everything, and I got nothing. And then the day of our, our live session, we had a live stream and I decided to uh, send her a message again, see what happened. And then she, she replied five minutes prior to the show. And she said, where's the link? I want to watch it. And then she said, everybody's going to watch. We're all going to watch it here at home. <laughs> no pressure. And then, and then we, got, we got very nervous, all of us. And I told the guys, and I said, nah, she's kidding. She, she's not going to watch. And then there were like comments during the show and then Eddie uh, engaged in comments too. And he talked about our music, which was, you know, we couldn't, we still can't, can't, uh, it's, it's difficult to even talk about it because it's your biggest idol praising your song. So it's, it's yeah. crazy. Right. And uh, well, after that, there was a call that he called us, called us right after no kidding. the show. Oh, that yeah. is outstanding. He did call us, so we had this nice conversation, and then it went from there. So we did something. We did another one, and then uh, we did one for, for Jill's uh, research facility, the the BRP uh, show, and then you know the the connection grew from there. And we still talk. We talk every now and then. And you know, last time we they participated a lot, and they told us what we really wanted to know. Is that Pearl Jam knows about us? The other guys they know about us, so yeah, we're very pleased. That's fantastic. <laughs> we, Sounds we, like bragging, but it's not. No, it's not. No, it's bragging. not. It's it, like it's yeah, pride. It's, it's pride. It's just pride. It's not. Bragging. It's, it's well just, deserved and well earned. Yeah. Pride. We're very proud of what we're doing. That's. It's got to be <laughs> the the best kind of compliment because you know to be to be a rock band. You guys are a rock band. You have your own thing. I mean, you have an album coming out in October. Let's talk about that for a second. Um, what was it called? It's called um, Lay Something. The the website for the North America. I forget it already. What was Le it? Noise. Le Noise. Le, Le, Le Noise. Le Noise. .ca. Yes, .ca. So it's a Canadian website. You can pick up the record there. Um, three different options, I believe. Yeah. And um, t-shirts and hats. Um, I actually want to get the hat that has a little the Brazil logo in the middle. That one's awesome. Um, <laughs> so is there is there plan? I know COVID fucked everything up, but is there plans to try and come up here once things are lifted to try and maximize the exposure that, you know, you guys have gotten and to really promote the record and Pearl Jam and all that stuff. Yeah, that is. 
Any specific who's, plans? Who's talking or, about that? Who's who's talking about that? I think we're just trying to figure out who's going to talk about it. Oh, but yeah, yeah, we do have we do have plans. Nick, come on. Yeah, who wants who wants to tell the plans? All right, all right, let's go. So <laughs> we're we actually yeah. <laughs> Before this all this this messy situation we are in right now, we started trying to to get some fundraiser just uh, actually to go to the U.S. and and try to. Well, to to make some concerts right right there, but well, as everybody knows, everything happened right after we started that, so we couldn't actually um, promote the way we needed to to get the the money to to go to the U.S. and make some tour around there. But right now, everything actually changed. Yeah, it it, it changed a lot. So. We're now thinking again about going to the U.S. Now we only we do not have only our tribute work. We also have our original songs. So right now it would be more uh, like a mixed thing. So it would not be only the tribute thing with just some two or three songs. It's just it's actually like uh, if we could do that, playing half half. Uh, our uh, our songs and half Pearl Jam songs, if possible, or the the biggest amount of of original songs we can. You so know, that's that's the plan. Th th there's always the possibility that you guys could open for Pearl Jam that's one what of I was these thinking. days. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is the possibility, but I I if I could could be honest to you guys, I'm not thinking about it. Because I do not, I do not want to 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 get uh, sad if it doesn't happen. <laughs> so I, I think nothing happened. Yeah, and I believe this is a mindset we all have. It it, it was not um, it was not something we we set up. It's it's something that uh, everybody uh, thinks. That's my opinion. I don't know if I if I if I'm right or not. But I think everybody uh, knows that. All right, Eddie Vedder knows us. Eddie Vedder likes us somehow, but man, okay, let's let's uh, try to do our thing like nothing happened. So it, it's safer for us. No, we do not get frustrated or anything like that. But of course, if Eddie could help us more than he already been helping, all right, I would not be sad at all. I'll be dancing. <laughs> I'll be dancing. <laughs> Like a yeah, the thing is, um, the thing is, we don't, we don't want to, we don't want to get our hopes up, you know. Uh, we know fair. that there's a possibility, especially if they come when they come to Brazil, right? Uh, there is a possibility, but I think we would just be happy to, you know, to have to be on stage and watch the show. Maybe who knows backstage, right? Uh, or to even meet the the, the guys in person. Uh, if we get to do a, a, an opening act, if we can play like one song before they play, or if they ever play one of our songs, that would be great, right? I'm sure you guys would be ecstatic, even if they just let you do sound check. I mean, <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Lenny, can you can you uh, can you uh, just sound check for me and maybe do my vocals or well, something? Eddie's gonna do. <laughs> uh, Eddie, Eddie's gonna sing um, "Drive Home in the Rain," and that'll be that'll be the big point in the, in the night for you right yeah he said he was gonna do it i mean he took the challenge right really? last time yeah we were playing i got i was a little drunk at the at, during the the live stream and uh i looked at the camera and i said okay i'm gonna challenge you go big or go home right so just i'm challenging you to play our song drive home in the rain and you know show it to us then Joel said okay i run things in this house so he's gonna do it just <laughs> Don't worry about it. So <laughs> it's happening. So we're waiting. He's we, you know, we know it could. We, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it could happen, but we're not expecting it to happen. It was of just course. a moment of fun. We had fun. I I believe the the moment uh, the first um, the first Twitter from Mike appeared. Uh, I believe there's a a collective feeling uh, or expectation that we. Uh, we can meet the guys and, and, and do an opening act for them. Uh, lots of people are expecting this. Uh, but and, th and this is great because uh, I believe uh, people are vibrating with the, the, the things that, that are happening, uh, that, that's been happening. Uh, but, uh, man, 
how could one expect to be recognized by your idol when you would start a band? No, no one would expect it. Would expect something like this. So we're trying to keep uh, our foot on the ground um, and and continue the the hard work because it's uh, it's a very hard work to do here in Brazil. Things are very expensive because of the the taxes and the dollar currency. Um, so to do such a thing like a, a vinyl in the U.S., we had to earn a lot of money. Um, and count uh, on the on the help uh, of friends. Mm. Uh, so everything is very hard to do, and we're not complaining about this. We're only working. Uh, but uh, I believe this is the mindset that we have to to keep to make to continue continue making things happen. I think that's the right attitude to have. I mean, all you can yeah. do is keep your head down, work hard. Um, you know. Is that why you guys do so many live streams? Is to try and gain money for for coming up here, or or is it just kind of keeping yourselves afloat, or is it a combination? Yeah, it's a, it's a combination of two because uh, we can play shows here, uh, and there are some uh, venues that are now reopening, uh, mm. and we we are trying to keep off of this because uh, we know it's not safe yet. Right. Uh, so we're trying to be responsible with the the people that are attending to our shows that uh, that that are quite a quite a lot of people. Uh, so uh, we are trying to keep the the live streams uh, on a certain basis, uh, so we can earn money to survive, to pay the bills, and to to pay uh, the campaign for for promoting Mercury. We don't have a record label yet, uh, and uh, we. We, we can only count on our own work and the work of our friends. Uh, there are some friends, uh, and, I, and I, want, I wanted to, to mention one in particular, that's Chris Palumbo, uh, who mm. presents the, the live shows with us. But there are lots of other friends that are doing uh, things, great things to help us, help us especially uh, promoting-wise. Uh, so I, I believe that's, that's the only path we can, we can cross. Well, Sergio, there, just on that note, is there anything that uh, I didn't mean to cut you off, Jason? But is there anything that you guys would like to plug here? Anything you want to push or promote? Make sure that the listeners are aware of you guys are a, a, just a fantastic uh, musical endeavor. Just both as an as an original band and some of the things that you guys are doing, and I think what you bring to just the greater Pearl Jam experience, which which I, I think we as fans, I think we need this. Um, so. I have, yeah. Yeah, and for absolutely. So, so I, wait, I, I'd Mercury, love to know. Right? Everyone would love to know. What's that? Mercury, the record. Mercury. Is that going to be available um, in any kind of streaming way or or download as opposed to just physical vinyl? Yeah, all, we're gonna, all of the streams. <clears throat> yeah, all, all the streams and uh, vinyl for US and Canada and uh, CDs for Brazil. Perfect. This is and for so, now. and lenoise.ca, and we're going to obviously put this uh, on our Instagram and our Twitter. So everybody uh, knows how to spell my terrible French. And um, what else? Will you guys be on Spotify and iTunes? You said yes. Yeah. Okay, great. And is there anything I know when you know when it comes to the live streams and even with records and stuff like that? Sometimes you don't always get the full cut. You know, people throw in five bucks in the super chat for the for the live stream. YouTube takes their cut. Is there even a more direct way to help you guys out besides buying records? Yeah, I guess uh, we have we have other kind of merchandise. We have uh, we have shirts. So we have you know lots of clothes for men, for women, hats. Uh, you have baby coolers. Onesies, we have Lenny. we do we do. <clears throat> that was Christopher Palumbo's idea, I guess. It's a good right? idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is a good idea. We have young children. This is fantastic. Of course, <laughs> and uh, well, and during the during the live stream, that's 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 all we can do, right? Yeah. Uh, people people have our uh, we have our our. PayPal account. So every now and then we get some some donations outside of the shows, and if they want to continue doing that, that's <laughs> super okay. But uh, basically, uh, what we do is we get these donations uh, during the, the live streams and uh, the money from uh, from the, our merchandise and the record, which is on pre-sale right now. Great Excellent, stuff. Jason. Tell everybody where they can find these fine gentlemen. Well, they're on Instagram and they're on YouTube. Black circle. Boom. 
Look them up. Um, Go there now. Fantastic. <laughs> like I said, again, Lenoise, L-E-N-O-I-S-E dot C-A for the record. Yeah. It's coming out in mere weeks. And if you're listening to this in the future, then you can buy it now. And are you guys going to sign any of these? I'm sorry? Are you going to sign? Are you going to autograph any of these by chance? Yes, yes. The CDs only here in Brazil because uh, the CDs are being produced here. So we're going to, they're going to be sent to us, uh, you know, the, the amount, the quantity that we bought, they're going to be sent to us. And then we're going to mail to the, to the fans. So we decided to do it that way so that we could, we could sign each each CD, but, uh, the, the vinyl, I mean, the LPs that, that would be impossible because they're being produced in the U S got it. So they're going to go straight from there to to everybody's houses straight from, yeah, we're not going to, we're not going to touch the, the, the records, unfortunately. We'll have to get some. Uh, we wish we could, but some pure. We'll get them before we do. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, I know Paul just said it, but I'm going to echo it from from my point of view. Uh, I really appreciate you guys coming on here. Um, I really appreciate you guys being a band when we don't have Pearl Jam because of this pandemic. It's it's bands like you that I can turn to to get a little taste of some live Pearl Jam and the live streams and go back and find the YouTube stuff. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for being a band. It's, it's Gabriel, Sergio, Lenny, Nick, and Luis from Brazil, Black Circle. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. Those guys are awesome. Um, uh, just so much personality too and diverse it's it was a lot of fun chatting with those guys they're humble but they're they're so talented and they put together they've put together this this monster of a year and and they're they're live streaming and, and they're raising money for for charities for for jill vetter they helped her out i believe in in late spring um, they're doing stuff for themselves to keep themselves going because, you know, as many of us are are dealing with financial worries, as are they. And so they're doing what they can to stay with it. They just did a, you know, a, a 10, 29th anniversary live stream. I watched probably a good 90 minutes of that. It was awesome. <laughs> and um, actually, by the way, their version of Black Paul is incredible. You need to watch that. Wow. So uh, love those guys. We will talk to them very soon. Extra little bonus episode coming down the pike very shortly. But uh, this week, we're going to get to our lyric of the week. And Paul, in honor of one of our friendly Brazilian guitarists, Luis, our lyric of the week comes from Breath. All right, Paul, breath. Um, I'm unabashedly um, a massive fan of this song. I've always loved this song. It's not on a record. It's on a soundtrack. What do you make of these lyrics in the context of this song? Well, you know, if I go back to the soundtrack singles and, and you think about just the overarching themes of that film, right? A lot of the same themes that we saw that permeated the albums of that era from many of these bands coming out of Seattle at the time. You know, just searching for identity, uh, trying to find comfort within the confines of of your own skin, um, trying to find a connection with people and finding that you, you really can't successfully do that until you've, you've connected all of the parts within you first. You know what I mean? Like you you mm. got to plug all those parts into the right inputs and outputs before you're, you're truly uh, able to, to sync up with somebody in a way that's meaningful and healthy. By the way, and, not to cut you off there, but no. uh, how about applying that same lesson all those years later in, inside job? Yeah, exactly. So there's, there's bookends almost. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Um, nice call. Thank nice you. Call. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I look at these lyrics here and uh, if I knew where it was, I would take you there. 
and and it's this this idea that uh, you can't be the answer for somebody. You know what I mean? Um, but you can you can be a source of comfort. You can look at someone and say, "There is much more than this." Go see the world. There's more than this. You know, take a breath and 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 this idea of like, what is a breath? Because if you if you're living a life that's stifled, that's monotonous, that's that's uh, four walls in a box, uh, either literally or metaphorically. When I say figuratively, and metaphorically, I mean, uh, you know, I think of uh, you know the live song from Throwing Copper, uh, Shit Town. Mm. You know, this idea that you're just you're living this life and and you want out, but you you don't know what's beyond the threshold of the life you know. And so you never really truly take a step outside of those boundaries. And this song to me has always been very much about this idea that you're suffocating under the weight of, uh, of your own limitations and their self-imposed limitations. And you need to take a step beyond that. You need to have the courage to step into the unknown, uh, to that place where the per- even the people that you will lean on can't tell you where that is because only, only you know where it is. And you don't even really know. You're just drawn to it. And uh, you're drawn to it, but you're not, I should say, you're drawn near it, right? Because you have to have the courage to take that step to it. Right. And, and the song to me has always been a, a real celebration about when you're able to take that step, that becomes the first real breath. You know, and, and you have to sometimes just breathe in order to do that. But when you're able to do that, that breath becomes the most fulfilling and uh, the most affirming in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to agree with you on, on many, many points there. It's um, another example of a song about listening, being there for someone, and, and, but at the same time, pushing them to get over the hump, if you will, to be better. You know, yeah. we talked about that with Leash uh, way back when, uh, you know, being being the friend to be there with you along the way up to a point because you can only help your friend, your loved ones. So, so much, you know, even if the subject can't truly take their friend where they need to go, um, they know that just going, experiencing something else will help them grow. You know, if you're from a small town and you feel trapped or if you're in a big city, but feel alone because you don't have the means to leave or even something, you know, even more in inside than that, you got to know that someone you care about is willing to push you to help you find a way out of there, you know, trust in them because sometimes that's all we have is those close to us to who are, you know, confident in pushing us to be better. There's this whole world out there and there's so much more than what we see in our day to day, even with the internet to help us. I mean, we can go down all the YouTube rabbit holes and all the Netflix documentaries and, and binge and learn about so, so much in the 21st century, but you need to experience it to really get to the next level. You know, whatever you're seeking, either tangible or inside yourself can probably be found by getting out of your bubble. Be a part of something different, leave your comfort zone, and you'll find what you're after. And the trick is, of course, as you said, you have to have the desire because your friend can only help you so long. They can say, hey, it's way over there, but only you can go and grab it. So um, I think, you know, taking that first breath that first step, you know, the way that this, these lines match up with the crescendo of the song and then just the big why from Ed mm-hmm. before we get into the, the righteous solo from Mike McCready, who has said that that's why he loves the song because it just feels like a bunch of solo breaks to him for him. You're right, but exactly. like, it's just so wide open and it just, you know, Jesus Christ pose, if I can borrow a song garden term, that's what you just feel like looking up to the sky as the exactly. rain's coming down, November rain style, you know? And uh, it always just felt like a very freeing song to me. And to feel like someone's there with you as far as they can take you, then you feel comfortable enough to go the rest of the way by yourself. So always a very powerful song to me. And um, Louise, that one was for you. Yes. Let's go listen to the best live cut, shall we? Paul, your favorite live cut uh, from the era, obviously. So where are we going? We're going to Seattle, actually. We're going to the Moore Theater. Ooh, for the second time. Yeah, but January 17th, 1992. This was the the first Vault release, actually, uh, when Pearl Jam opened up this series. This was the the show that was selected. And uh, I don't believe the band actually uh, 
chose this for the first Vault release. As I understood it, it was Brett Eliason, actually, mm. who, dug it, who dug it up. And uh, obviously with band approval. And uh, he had this, uh, this multi-track tape machine in this console that he brought into the basement of the Moore Theater. And he's recording this performance for, for the video shoot. Because for those who may not be aware, uh, which obviously if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a big enough fan that you already are. But nonetheless, just in um, case. Just in case, uh, this show is the uh, is the show that the Even Flow video comes from. So that live performance of Even Flow is, is, it comes from this particular this show here. Um, and so Brett has these these multi tracks, right? And uh, they're watching over a recording of this show, and it just had like it just felt like this iconic moment, and, and essentially that ultimately became. The, the the video for Evenflow, but it was the type of show that was just perfect for a vault release because it's like, hey, you know, what was Pearl Jam in their prime? A lot of people think of this video, you know, and so to then release this video, essentially the sound from it as the vault release with the rest of the show to boot, it's super, super cool. Um, it, it, as I understand it, it was record, according to this interview from, uh, from Brett Eliason, he recorded it on this like obsolete digital format now and uh, they sent the tapes to this specialty transfer house. And so that was the, the, the current working format that it's in now. Uh, but the, the cool thing, obviously, is, is we get what, is f- what was finally a beautiful version of Breath from that era. Because up until that point, we really didn't have a lot of uh, super great sound quality, soundboard mm-hmm. versions. And uh, this was kind of like a breath of fresh air for those of us who were <laughs> waiting for that. Yeah. <laughs> right? All the funnies. <laughs> I know. I'm full of them. Um, so, you know, man, it, it, there's not a lot to pull from from this tour, from this era that features a live version of this song. It wasn't like a staple in every show or something like that. But uh, to get a version of this sound quality from a show with this amount of history, this iconic history, in in the band's lineage it's really hard to pass this one up and and, and pick a version of it uh for, from any other set really i mean this one to me takes the cake all right well let's go back to seattle january 17th 
Well, I mean, like every other song from this show, um, and we chose Leash uh, in, I want to say, episode two mm-hmm. from this show as well. Uh, it is everything you could want in a vintage early 90s uh, Pearl Jam performance. Exactly. Um, I, I only wish we had Bob O'Reilly uh, recorded to complete I know, it was omitted, sadly. Uh, but um, I think something that had to do with the tape not functioning or something like that. It was that. a technical difficulty yeah, yeah. that kept it yeah, off, off. So that. unfortunately, Breath is the last song on this uh, on this bootleg. Killer uh, jam to end it, though. I know. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the Breath is one of those songs, like I said, it, it's just steeped in so many different layers of history. For one, it was one of the first songs recorded by Dave Eberzizi. Yeah. It was, it was like that, and then uh, Dirty Frank, State of Love and Trust, and um, the re-recorded version of Even Flow, which winded up being a single when they released the R- River Mirror box set in 04. Right. I remember hearing that on the radio and being like, what is this version of Even Flow? Yeah. <laughs> but it was that. So, uh, and then, you know, obviously the song has had legendary um, stories since then, the whole Breath campaign in 98 after not being played since the Orpheum show 94 in Boston yeah. and um, many great performances since. I actually thought maybe you might choose something from not the era because there was so little to choose from that's that's audibly good enough but you've managed to do it my friend ah, thank you it was there it's there you know and yeah. uh, there's, there's not a lot of options from that era but they they crush it you know it's a killer jam at the end of that show so yeah. I th- is that a um i think it's a uh, a black sabbath thing that uh mike plays in his solo at the very end isn't it isn't it a black sabbath riff Actually, I think it's an Iron Maiden riff, but I'll have to, to double check that. Um, Someone's going to correct us. Someone I'm is saying, I'm saying us. it's Tony Iommi. You're saying it's that time. Well, at any rate, anyway, guys, uh, this has been a fun one. We hope you enjoyed the, uh, the interview with Black Circle. There will be a part two uh, when, when we talk about their new record specifically uh, coming up very, very soon. Uh, but until then, we've got uh, we've got Vitalogy. We've got Corduroy, Red Mosquito out of Peru, 10 Great bands. Band. So and, and, and even better interviews. Yes, very good stuff, so guys. So uh, stay tuned. Until the next episode, you've been listening to The State of Love and Trust. Yeah.